Welcome to the Providence Community Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Chris Dupre. If you would like to stay connected with us, download our app, Providence Community, or visit our website, providencecommunity.org. Uh, morning. <clears throat> I love what just happened. That was just... Where's Robbie? Seat in the back. He's probably in the back. Uh, it's his birthday yesterday. He turned 21. So when you see him, feel free to give him $21. I know, man. We don't carry a lot of money anymore because we have debit and credit cards. But every man has a 20 in his wallet, I found out. Am I right? You won't admit that you don't have a 20. No, I've got a five and a one. Okay. <laughs> um, we had a wonderful time, not this past Friday, but the Friday before we had a, just a men's gathering and about 30, a little over 30 guys showed up. Uh, we had dessert. Um, we talked. It was, it was wonderful. We had this wonderful, and then we came in here and watched the Count of Monte Cristo on, on TV, uh, on TV, yeah, on the screen, yeah. <laughs> um, it, was, it was great. It was just kind of first time gathering. I thought maybe a dozen, 15, 20 Guys just show up. We had a little over 30, and it was wonderful. I'm saying that because I'm, I'm highlighting an announcement here that uh, in April 24th, uh, 23rd and 24th, I had talked to a bunch of the men about joining the men uh, down at Harvest, um, but the feedback I got was, well, we just gathered. Let's keep gathering together. Let's, let's form our, our community beforehand. So I said, okay. So uh, the 24th, April 24th, uh, it's going to be Saturday morning, and we're going to have a men's breakfast. And I wrote down what we're eating. We're eating pancakes, eggs, bacon, and sausage. Yes. For those of you that don't get pancakes at home because of diet restrictions put on by other people, we will have pancakes. We will have butter and copious amounts of maple syrup. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so how many men want to come? To this? Yeah, okay, thank you very much. Okay, uh, We're just going to get together, have breakfast, share a little bit, pray for each other, encourage each other, prophesy to each other. How's that sound? All right, and you'll be out before noon. How's that? You can go home and do all the things that you were supposed to do, but couldn't because you thought I could get away with it because there's a breakfast that will go to four because that's how long they always go. It won't. You'll be out by three at the latest. All right. Um, today is Palm Sunday. I love Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is just, it is the, uh, well, let me put it this way. I think Jesus, <clears throat> it was a premeditated setup by Jesus. Uh, if, you, if you look at scripture, I think it's a premeditated setup by Jesus. And, oh, I have to make sure I don't hit that thing. I was just going to go back. I thought there's something there. Excuse me one second. If I just do that, I've got another foot. There we go. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Jesus enters Jerusalem. And we all, we know the story. Yeah, he enters and everybody came out and there were, palms and they were putting clothes down and, and the donkey was, was going over and, and they we're all shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and yet they turned against him within a few days. Uh, so 
everybody, we kind of know the story. Um, there's, there's just a whole lot in here that is, to me, um, I, I, the reason why I'm excited is, is because it helped change something drastically in my life. The revelation of Palm Sunday, I know it sounds bizarre. The revelation of Palm Sunday changed something drastically in my life. And so uh, you have to hear about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just the way things go. Um, <clears throat> uh, many scholars believe that he basically set up his own parade. And if you, if you watch him, at one point in time, he's, he's in the middle of, of doing ministry, and then suddenly in the gospel, he goes, he set his face like flint towards Jerusalem. Everything shifted. I'm doing this, I'm here, I'm serving all these people food, I'm healing these people over here, I'm over in the desert, I'm, I'm kind of gone away just to seek my father, and now, boom, I'm going to Jerusalem. He said, it says fate like flint. One of the translations said, uh, basically the idea was that nothing else mattered but. So things were there that he dealt with on the way, because after it says this, he did other things. But the most important thing was for him to get to Jerusalem because of this. So he knew something was coming up. He knew exactly when it, it was going to happen. <clears throat> and the city, it's, it's Passover. Uh, by the way, happy Passover to those that, that do celebrate that. Uh, it is Passover, and, and uh, um, you can read all about it, enjoy the celebration of it. The celebration of, of Passover is that it is not your goodness um, that saves us, it is strictly the blood. Amen. Nothing's changed since they put it above the door. Nothing's changed since the, the death angel was sent out. Uh, <clears throat> what saves me is, and, and there's a, a particular um, leader of a, a denomination, the highest up within that denomination that just said that someone else besides Jesus is our mediator between God and man. I appreciate the heart of those that are sincere in that. It is only Jesus. He's the only one. We can't come through, you know, Tobias. We can you know, look him up sometimes. We can't come through this one or that one. I love his mom. But it's not his mother. Now, my mother was amazing. His mother was amazing. But she was mortal. And, and uh, we have to deal with that fact. And, and so it is only his blood that saves me. So Passover is, is just a wonderful time. I, I love celebrating Passover. Um, <clears throat> but the, the, so he's headed to literally Jerusalem, the center of everything Jewish. And he's headed there on Passover. <clears throat> Weren't you just sitting over there? <laughs> wow. Okay, sorry. Never mind. <laughs> You just hop around. <laughs> it's jammed with pilgrims all around the world. They've all come to Jerusalem on Passover. All right? So, so he entered the city. Think about it. He entered it on a donkey. It, it, in the, as Passover is taking place, as the week of Passover is, that, is taking place, and the whole city there, and everybody's there, and he, he doesn't just sneak into the city. You notice that? Up till this time, he's like, no, don't tell anyone where you, who healed you. Now go to the city, but just say that, you know, God showed. You know. He, he keeps deflecting until this moment. Because at this moment, 
he has to have everyone's attention. So he's got it by word of mouth. He doesn't have it in the same way on a grander scale, but this is the grand scale. It's a setup. I believe absolutely premeditated. As a matter of fact, when, if you know anything about uh, the, the time before you celebrate Passover, when you actually have to pick the, the lamb that you're going to slaughter, you pick it. The day that he entered, actually the time of day that he entered Jerusalem was the moment when Jews picked their, their lamb. <sighs> that right there, okay, we can go home. That's, it's, you know. So he, he's, he's now got the whole world focused on his arrival. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, uh, the world, just, just to let you know, the world at the time, I want to, I want to set up, I love history. I, I'm a history buff. Um, I, I remember a, an episode, uh, I did, not that I watched Seinfeld, um, but there's an episode of Seinfeld, <laughs> if you know it, when George says to somebody else, yeah, he's a Civil War buff. He goes, I want to do that. He goes, you want to do what? He says, I want to be a Civil War buff or I want to be a buff of something, you know? And, and Jerry goes, well, you got to know something about it. Oh. <laughs> So, don't call yourself a buff and have people start asking you questions. That's very embarrassing. Um, I taught junior high, by the way, for seven years. It was unbelievable the difference between when, when I was little, I taught in school, and then when I was teaching, I was saying, okay, when was World War II? Uh, 18. When was the Revolutionary War? Uh, early 1900s? I could not believe that, you know, we didn't have an understanding of time and dates and how they, the reason why that's important is because it's progression. And let's not cancel culture, let's learn by the progression of wisdom in a culture. I'm not canceling, I'm not canceling my years when I was 16, 17, 18, 19. Those were learning years. So let's just be careful. Let's not exalt the sin of ignorance within a culture early on, but we don't cancel it. We learn from it. Okay, sorry, I went off key there. Um, now, when I do that, you can, you can, yeah, never mind. Okay, so here, this is the world the Jews were in at the time. People uh, assumed that a regime change was coming. They were, they could, they could read uh, what was going on. They were reading, kind of watching Jesus. Is he the one? Is this what's happening? You know, just all that was going on. So the Jewish people, they know something is going to change. They don't know quite how. Um, they've been praying uh, for a day like this forever. A day like what? A day like Jesus coming in on a donkey. Um, there's far more to it than, you know, kind of what we say. Um, <clears throat> they had been under the boot and under the foot of Rome for years and years and years. They were, they were, they realized that we are a puppet state. If you know what that is, it, it, you're, you're a state, but you're not really in charge of your affairs within this state. So they're, they're a puppet state. <clears throat> they couldn't have a king because Rome wouldn't approve it. So Herod was a quasi-king. Um, uh, he, he really, he had very little rule. 
um, but he had rule over a very small part, but he was still, you know, overseen by Rome. Matter of fact, the high priest at the time, the high priest was, had to be approved. They weren't picked by the Romans, but they had to be approved by the Romans so the Romans could control them. So whoever was going to be high priest would come in to the Roman government and they would find out what powers they had and they would find out what happened if they didn't follow suit. So they were themselves these, these little puppets. Um, <clears throat> and the taxes at that time were extravagant, especially for the Jews. Uh, and so we've got this world where Jesus sets up Jerusalem as the center for all the pilgrims and Jews that come together, and they're all hoping for the same thing. So do you, do you feel the, this is just different than, oh yeah, he just decided to come in. No, God this is, this is premeditated. It's a setup because God wants to show and reveal something about himself and something about ourselves. Um, Palm Sunday kicks off what is, what is known as Holy Week. Um, and here's just an interesting little tidbit here. There are 89 total chapters in the New Testament. Okay? Um, three years or 168 weeks, Jesus did ministry. 61 of those chapters, 61 out of 89, are Holy Week. Wow. Why would that be? Well, because <laughs> um, he's, he's trying to say something. Jesus' final week fills up, I'm sorry, 61 out of uh, 168 weeks. So that one week, it takes up all these chapters, and the final week fills up 28 chapters, 10 in the Gospel of John alone. Ten chapters in John is just about Holy Week. That's just amazing. And so, so it, God's word prioritizes the last week. So our antenna for this week, I just, I just want to encourage you. If, uh, if it is so important to him to highlight this last week, then it, I, I love to use the word behooves. <laughs> it behooves us. <laughs> to take this passage and these passages and all these chapters seriously and say, what does God want from us? So I want to encourage you, come Friday. There are things, what, one of the things that changed my life forever, I grew up Catholic, and a friend of mine brought me to a, a church. It was a Protestant church. I can't tell you how fearful I was walking into a Protestant church. I was told not to. I, I thought I would evaporate and spontaneously combust. Oh, come on. It's really true. How many were brought up Catholic? I loved what I learned when I was brought up Catholic. I learned Jesus was the son of God. I learned all these Bible stories. And my mom was great because she was in charge of catechism. She said, it's not the church. It's falling in love with Jesus. So for me, it was just a nice, warm, huggy kind of place to be in life. I would so appreciate my mom. She's my hero, as I said. And, and so I walked into this church, and I was like, oh, I didn't combust. Okay. And, and here I am. And it's the funny thing of what we do. And, and I, I, I've talked, I have a friend who was a priest, and I have a friend who was a bishop years ago. And he said, we never tell people they can't go into a Protestant church. But there's this thing that hangs over it. If you get the, the certain kind of leader, he tells you to, to corral you into his world. That's just what happened. And my, my, my friends were like, No. I would never say that. So I walked into this church, and for the first time in my life, I heard what happened to Jesus at the cross. To me, it was Jesus went to the cross. He was nailed to the cross. Oh, that must have hurt, but he died shortly thereafter. 
This guy went into great detail about the scourging, about the crown of thorns, about the, just went through it. And I just sat there. I'm a high school kid, uh, and I'm listening to this thing. And at that moment, my love and appreciation for who Jesus was rose tenfold. I mean, the heart of appreciation we need to have and carry about what he's done for us. It's so easy in our culture to take for granted the pain for our promise fulfilled. I just want to encourage you, let, let that heart of appreciation grow. And so <clears throat> um, it triggers now this, this greatest week on earth. Um, and I, I, I just want to read a scripture from Zechariah 9.9. It says this, Rejoice, O greatly, O daughter of Zion, daughter of Jerusalem. Set your king, see your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation. The word salvation also means, it, this again, this is Zechariah, this is Old Testament. This, it means to be delivered from. So if you're looking at a scripture, if you're, you're a Jew at that time, and you're looking at a scripture, and you know this scripture, that someone's going to come bringing salvation, and this is how they're going to come. They'll be gentle, they'll be riding upon a donkey, a coal, the foal of a donkey. All right? So the foal of a donkey is a, is a young donkey that has two donkey parents. All right? Now, why, what, what difference does that make? Because people can get donkey and mule mixed up. Okay? A mule is not a donkey. Uh, a, a, a donkey can reproduce. A mule can't. So a mule stops new life. And so it's very important that this is, is a purebred foal of a donkey. Okay? How many of you thought you would come and hear about donkeys this morning? I'm still here saying the word donkey over and over again, thinking, I don't think I've ever said donkey so much in my life. But he came on a donkey. So, you know, that's just the way it is. So they're, they're reading this scripture. And, and they're going, oh my gosh, this is it. And they're checking the list. Okay, he heals. Uh, he does miracles. He walks on water. Uh, he raised this, this dude from the dead. He rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. And they're like, yes, this is it. But the word salvation um, in their, their mind, which means one who, he's bringing deliverance, they are thinking the deliverance from under the boot of Rome. They're not thinking sin. They don't see themselves as sinful, <laughs> except for the tax collectors and harlots in, in chapter 15 of Luke. They saw themselves as sinful. But the, the, the main folks that are here are celebrating the religion and celebrating the Passover. So they're here. They think they're, they're doing pretty well. And now they're here and they're, they're going, I can't believe I'm here. The same time the deliverer showed up, he's coming in on a donkey and uh, behold, he comes. And so they, they, they begin to shout. They begin to scream because um, they all knew the prophecy. So they shout out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Um, Blessed is he who comes in the, in the name of the Lord. They're looking for a deliverer. They're not looking for a personal savior. And that is critical when God shows up in our lives because he shows up to do something unique. This was premeditated. God premeditates every showing up he ever does. You don't, we don't surprise God with our lives. 
he shows up in our lives. Now, it's not that he's not there, because I already had a good long sermon on the fact that he always dwells in me. So I, I, you know, I use, I'll say this again. I don't use terminology that I want to get closer to the Lord. I want to know him more. But I can't get closer to someone who lives in me. A, a woman pregnant three months and pregnant six months has, still has a baby there. Okay? The baby's not getting closer. The baby's as close as it's ever going to be. But there's growth. And that's what I want. That, when, I, when, when someone says, I want to get closer, and I say, yes, amen, what I, what I mean is I, I want to have an increase of growth of the Son of God in my life. That, to me, is closer, all right? So we're coming, we're coming you know, f- from, from that particular case. They want a certain kind of king. They want a warrior who will stand up and be the next David and that will take down Rome like David took down Goliath. They, they're waiting for that. And so how does he come in? He comes in the most humble way, but he comes in the one exact way that the Messiah would come in. So he's either a fake who knows all the scriptures or he's the real thing. And, and they're, they're trying to figure this out. I love to put myself in the middle of situations from years back. What would I do? How would I think? Because we know Jesus is the son of God. So when we hear the story, we have pre-knowledge that he's the son of God and all the stuff that goes with knowing that we're settled with. So we instantly get angry when the same people a few days later say, crucify him. We're like, oh, I can't believe it. He's the son of God. Can't they see it? No, they can't see it. Because what they're looking for is a political deliverer who will come in and change their lives. Give them more freedom, give them more money, give them more power. That's what they're looking for. What are we looking for in the United States? More freedom, more money, and more power. Now, I can step on some sacred cows right here um, if you want me to. Okay. (laughs) Some of you are going to absolutely love what I have to say next. Some of you are going to go, he's got demons. Um, I, I... I've been, I said this before, I've been very political since I was a kid. Learned all the presidents in order at four years old. Of course, there was only seven of them, but still. (laughs) It ended with Andrew Jackson. I remember when he left and good old Van Buren came in. (laughs) Martin was great. (laughs) Harrison Tyler Polk film where Pierce Buchanan. And anyway, so... I just drove him right out of the place. It's just. <clears throat> um, we just came to, I don't know if anyone noticed the last year's done different. A little bit, a little bit. Okay. We, we have, we had a, a pandemic that is not over. Uh, and then there's all oh, it's not a pandemic. No, it's killing people. It's, it's, I'm not here to argue. Okay. <laughs> If it affects, I know people that died. Therefore, it's more serious to me than flippant. And yet, I try in my own wisdom to do what I think I, I need to do. So I give you the freedom to do the same. All right? All right. Thank you. Um, and I don't know if, if you noticed this. Along with that came a, an interesting political season. 
where some on, on both sides are looking for a savior to give me more freedom so I get more money. My savior is not riding in a, a you know, 28-ton black automobile. <laughs> He's not riding on Air Force One. My Savior sits at the right hand of the Father. He's still there. Hasn't moved. Okay? But what I want you to do is the political nature that we went towards and the energy that we had and the anger that we had at people is the disappointment. Follow it. Follow any election. Afterwards, there's disappointment and anger and bitterness. The same thing happened when Jesus came in and they're looking for a Savior. They're looking for a political deliverer that will get them out of everything that they're in. Because this guy does miracles. He's a, if you can raise someone from the dead, you can change the politics. How many times have we said that in our life? Oh, God, if you can walk on water, you can do... And we're looking for him just to come right at that moment. When he doesn't come the way that we think he's going to come, we don't, maybe don't yell out, crucify him but maybe something in our spirit shifts and changes with it. We doing okay? Okay. Never had so much fun with Palm Sunday, did you? Um, In looking for a certain kind of king, they're saying, we want God, but we want him in this way. Gosh, I've never said that. What if he doesn't come? What do we do if our view of God, um, <clears throat> he comes the way that we want him to come by watching other people's lives get blessed? We pray for other people. Oh, God, just bless them. And then he does. <laughs> well, dang. <laughs> I want that to be me. <laughs> Um, just recently had a conversation with someone concerning their disappointment in God I I just want to say this um, I have been disappointed he can handle when I'm disappointed with him and so I'm not coming and saying uh, you have to just let your spirit accept everything that comes your way. Oh, God. You know, there was, when, I, when, I got, when I got saved, there were a series of books about praise that we praise about everything. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not against praising God about everything. But I watched this guy's wife deteriorate in front of him. And he felt a moral, a religious ob, uh, uh, um, obligation to praise God for her pain. I'm saying, buddy, that's, that's not what we're talking here. God, I want to praise you that you're good. I don't understand. And so we have to, the, the Jewish people, they, di- they didn't know how to live in the mystery of, I don't understand. So when he rides in and he does something and he blesses a neighbor, blesses somebody else over here, and, bless, and we're, we're left standing feeling left out, Ignored. We're never ignored. We're never left out. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But if we don't grab that, we look for the externals of what's in our life 
and almost always will come up short. So I'm, I'm talking to this person. They're, they're, all, they're just all sorts of disappointed in God. And then on top of that, now they're disappointed in themselves and they hate themselves for being disappointed. And then they get mad that they hate themselves about being disappointed. So they get angry that they're angry at themselves. And I'm listening to this conversation. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Oh, I'm angry that I'm disappointed. I'm so disappointed that I'm angry. I'm angry that I'm disappointed. And I'm, I'm like, okay, stop the train. <clears throat> I don't know anyone who's not disappointed at some point. Well, I don't ever see you as disappointed. Well, okay, here you go. Here's three things that I've been disappointed with. And I told him. He goes, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm disappointed. I'll give you somebody. I had two or three people say, how's your daughter? I said, I'm going to give you an update. My daughter had an accident. Her, she fell, her, um, fell on, on her back. Her disc broke, went in, and then uh, into her spinal cord. She had surgery. Uh, the surgery left her with, with no feeling um, from the waist down. It's coming back slowly. Uh, she's now getting around. I went there last week for a couple weeks ago for a week. She's getting around with a walker. It's hard to see your 38-year-old daughter, who is literally the strongest, hardest worker I've ever known, walk around with a walker. But now she's, she's gone. Um, uh, she calls her walker uh, Texas Walker Walker. <laughs> she's gone now from a walker to a cane. So she's got, she's got a cane, and now she's walking around with a cane. It's slow. It's going to be a slow go unless God shows up in another way. But I want God to... I don't want any kind of paralysis. I want now. He goes, no, Chris, can you? She has feeling in her feet and legs. She didn't. Not everybody does get that back. Oh, there's my praise. There's my thankfulness. There's my heart. What do I see? When they're coming into Jerusalem, what are they looking at? Who is this Savior? They don't know him. I know him. He's good. And so now she's gone from Walker, Texas Walker to Michael Caine Caine. <laughs> Everything is a joke. And, but she, has, she had a picture of Walker, and now she's got a picture of Michael Caine on her cane. She's just going to, you know, I'm going to do this thing, and we're going we're gonna to have fun in the process. And so I just love her and respect her for that and, and pray for that um, healing to come soon uh, and my heart never changes. When I pray for healing for someone, I'm expecting it. But I'm not demanding it. Okay? I'm not God. So if I demand something, I, I have authority over the one I'm demanding. And if, if we carry the demand, they were demanding a deliverer. They weren't expecting a savior. And so my life is, a, is, a, is expectation with the goodness of God without a spirit that demands and diminishes the role God has as supreme being. I like the fact that he's my supreme being. I don't want that to change. So I then have to become a created one trying to understand the unbelievable often, uh, awesomeness. I knew there wasn't an F there. Awesomeness. Off of this. <laughs> He's so awful. <awesome. laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> it's that junior high teaching again that comes back every now and then. Um, would, uh, yeah, Julie, thank you. Ooh, I sent Julie out. Ooh, let me hear it. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just like to have fun. <clears throat> um, you probably notice, if this is your first time, second time, third time, you're going, what is this church about? I'm going to come in and, oh, the worship's fun. Wow, wow, it's going off the rail. Whoa, whoa. What's this Robbie kid doing? By the way, Robbie, happy 21st birthday, buddy. <laughs> For the second time, great job on the drums. That was my first instant. Um, and when I started doing music, and I'm much better than you are um, at, at listening. <laughs> you play, I'll listen. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> where was I? Oh, the church. And so the, 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 the pastor gets up and says, yeah, by the way, I'm all right with this. And you're sitting there until he said that, you're like, is this okay? Is this okay? I've been here for three years. Is this okay? I'm still not sure. I'm not. They said, hey, by the way, I'm all right with all this. Oh. And then you know, some of you are going, I don't know if I like that. And some are going, thank God. Because, because I loved it. I wanted all the other instruments to stop. And I just wanted to hear the drums for like 10 minutes. Does anybody else ever feel that? Yeah, okay, that's good. Good. Seven of us. <laughs> um, just let me know with, with a wave of hands over there when they're all set. If you would, Julie, thank you. Um, hey, Julie. Can everybody turn around and say hi to Julie? <laughs> do we want to be a community or do we want to be a, a church building that people visit once a week? I want, I, I want community. I want to say, Julie, you're amazing. I want to say, Robbie, great job on the drums. I want to say, Nathan, I am so honored to be here. I'm no big fish in small pond. I'm a little fish over in the enjoying, enjoying all the other little fish. He's the big fish, and I love you, and I love your heart, and I love your vision. There you go. And Keith, you're amazing, and you got unbelievable things in front of you. Life is not done yet for you. You may be old and decrepit. Oh, wait a minute. I'm older than you are, aren't I? Oh. Uh, the good thing is I'm so old I didn't hear myself say that. <laughs> we can hold two things in our hearts at the same time. We can, you know, in, in the culture that we're in today, you believe this or you believe that. No, no, no. I actually believe 60% of that, but I believe 40% of this. I can hold two truths in my heart. And I think um, one of the things that we need to be careful of, because I could preach a message, I'll just be honest with you, and I, and I did probably about 25 years, I could preach a message and make you feel bad. Anybody can get up and take scripture, preach it from a certain angle and make you feel bad. It's how you interpret it. It's your understanding, am I still stuck in an old covenant 
that has legalism or am I have all that passed away as well. Now, Old Testament is there, but the Old Covenant, Hebrews says, is like uh, the dust from a dead body. How do you like that one? That's pretty amazing. So I have this wonderful new covenant that I live in. And so when I look now at this, I don't just see a bunch of people that one day are saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. And then those exact same people are saying, crucify him. Because I know that there were other people at the cross. Mary was there. John was there. There were other believers that were there. That Why were they? They didn't turn because they knew him. The difference for a human being, not to, not to go through and, and say, crucify him because we're so disappointed. Because they looked at this man, he comes in on the donkey and then suddenly they're going, this is the guy. And then within a few days, he's getting whipped, he's beaten, and now he stands there bloodied, weak, on a cross between two thieves. And they had to look and go, oh my gosh. What a disappointment. But those that knew him were standing there as well and with tears in their eyes because they knew who he was. And you could be at the beginning of that week and hold the truth. Yes, this is the son of God. Here he comes. And then you can see that, oh, he's not the way that I thought. Okay, I'm going to switch how I think so that I don't become a crucifier in my heart. We have to switch the way we think God should come and receive him as he comes. And then when he doesn't come the way that we want him to, we have to shift something within our heart, our mind, and our soul and say, okay, he's not the savior the way I thought he was, but he's the savior in the way he feels it's the most important way to save. He saved my butt. I'll just be honest with you. He saved my life when I expected him to do something different. He didn't. I was upset. And then I saw what he did do saved me more than what I thought the initial salvation would. And that's happened over and over because I'm a historian. I'm a historian with my life. I'm a historian. I love history. But I watch what goes on in my life. I watch how God shows up. I watch my reaction and my attitude. And then I watch, am I a crucifier now? No, I'm not going to be a crucifier. I'm going to be a hallelujah person. I'm going to be blessed as he, however he comes. However he comes. (coughs) The first thing Jesus did when he enters, you know what the first thing he did after he gets out the fall? Goes in the temple dismantles religion. There you go. Why do I say that? Because often we see Jesus coming, wanting to deliver us from a thing, an event, a person. But what he wants to do first is bring you new life, dismantle the religion in your life so that then you can see him as he truly is. Religion says, I'm going to be delivered this way. Relationship says something very different. How are we doing out there? Okay, things are going on. Are you guys ready? Now, let me ask you this one. Wait. Let me ask you this question. 
Jesus just jumped up on the donkey, okay? He's just coming through the doors into the city of Jerusalem. And you look and you see, oh yes. My question is, when Jesus enters into your life, you have to say immediately, how am I seeing him? I just want to say this this morning. I just want you to see him. Let him deliver you how he wants to. It may be out of a religious spirit. It may be out of this or it may be out of that. I don't know. All I know is this. Come, Lord Jesus. Do what you want to do. I open my doors wide for you. And, and okay, I'm getting, yes, okay. There's other things going on. Sorry. He's saying he's distracted. Yes, I am. Hey, I'm like that, that dog from Up. Sure. You know, it's just like... <laughs> Don't you love that dog? I just love that dog. Uh, anytime, bud. You got it. Um, start singing and I'm going to... She's got it. Oh, wow. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you'd like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give online at providencecommunity.org. 